Welcome to another edition of Speaking Out America. Lots to cover today. Very busy day. Trump will go to Fulton County Jail and get his mugshot along with everybody else that did it uh, yesterday. Uh, travesty, really. It's a reflection of the distortion of our judicial system as it stands right now in the United States, and I frankly find the whole thing pathetic. Uh, it is beneath uh, America, and is uh, just as we had our Fitch credit rating knocked down, I think our moral beacon rating has been knocked down a couple of notches, too. It used to be that people around the country that lived under the oppression of corrupt leaders would look to the West and say, that's why I want to go to America. But I wonder if that doubt has been cast like a cloud, like a dark cloud, like the cloud of liberty. The, the sunshine has been obstructed by corruption. It just doesn't make any sense to me that we live in a country where the popular opposition to the current administration is, and the current administration is using the judicial system to take out their opponent. I, I just, I, you, if you had told me that this was going to happen in the United States of America, I would have said you're nuts. And, uh, and, and that's just one aspect of so many different things that are wrong with the Biden administration right now. And it's only going to get worse. I am convinced that it's only going to get worse. We'll talk about the debates, although everybody by now is already exhausted. You know, Christie didn't do that well. Although it kind of depends on who you ask because people who like Christie thought he did well. I didn't think he did well at all. I think he came across as out of touch with the American people, clearly. I mean, the subject of Ukraine, uh, the fact that only DeSantis and only Ramaswamy said that the Ukraine war needs to end, everyone, er, the, all the other six disagreed. That's one of the key uh, points right now, at least it should be, in the Republican uh, Party. We can't just continue to send, you know, billions of dollars of support to a corrupt nation. Uh, the, the, how is that a good idea? It's like when we left all of our military equipment, billions of dollars of military equipment in Afghanistan. How is that a good idea? By the way, I want to get this off my chest because I think it's sort of like right, right now everybody's looking at Trump and the indictment and all of that and the presidential debates and all of that and the storm is over in california so we can't talk about that uh you know maui is 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 moving down a few notches as far as priorities in our newscast it's not much to report there they're not going to report the bombshell which is that hundreds of children died needlessly because they were the sacrificial you know, in many ways, they were the sacrificial children to the climate gods, to the green gods, weren't they? We know from our history books that they used to practice this in Mexico with the Incas and then later the, or the Aztecs and then later the Mayans, uh, who would sacrifice people to bring 
periodic shade or or rain uh, because during that period in the 1500s there was a massive drought there's always a drought in Mexico but these people actually believed that by sacrificing their citizens that they could somehow appease the green gods and save the world save the planet and what we saw and what we're seeing in Maui is the sacrifice of children to the green god the god the gaia of environmentalism i can't think of any other analysis that proves my point of just how crazy the environmentalists have become uh for the greater good they're willing to sacrifice children just to be green just to be environmental preserve the water uh don't take down the power lines too expensive don't cut back the brush too expensive plus it disrupts mother nature and uh and as a result and because they believe that the climate change winds from 250 miles south was uh, was inflicting pain on them they took the fire as as a redemption i wouldn't be surprised if there were people in that crowd that wanted the fires to come so that we could pay for our sins and being a capitalistic society, uh, using fossil fuels, the, the most uh, grievance you can hurl at Gaia. And this is what they did. And, th- and then the other half of the island is like, okay, well, now we can put up some nice condos and we can upgrade that area. It was kind of an eyesore anyway. I'm sure uh, every time Mark Zuckerberg drove past that, boy, that what I could do with this little piece of property. Uh, and so we've made our sacrifice, at least our temporary sacrifice, and that's why the mainstream media is not really pushing to find out what really happened. I mean, you get little bits and pieces of information, but in toto, what has happened in Maui uh, is negligence and a supreme obsession, perhaps even bordering on worship, of uh, the green ideology, the green cult. And children had to pay the price unfortunately. All right, so um, for those who don't know who Victoria Newland is, she's had her hand in every conflict uh, on foreign lands for well over 30 years, and her husband before that, even going back to invading Iraq and Saddam Hussein. And she is our assistant appointed, recently appointed Assistant Secretary of State. Uh, she's the one that went over and tried to negotiate with the junta that took over Niger. Uh, and they wanted to partner on some levels with Russia, and she didn't want to have any of it. And so they deposed their leader, supposedly democratically elected leader. And Newland went over there and said, you guys better, you know, get your act together or, you know, something bad could happen. And then lo and behold, there's uh, anarchy in the streets. And how much of it do we know is was prompted by CIA? Who knows? But what we do know is Victoria Newland has a way of going around the world and causing death. Now, if you hadn't heard the news, Russia's most powerful mercenary, Yevgeny Prigozhin, was on board a plane which crashed on Wednesday north of Moscow with no survivors. The Russian authorities said two months to the day after he led an abortive mutiny against the army top brass. There is no official comment from the Kremlin or the defense ministry on the fate of Prigozhin, head of the Wagner mercenary group, and a self-declared enemy of army leadership over what he argues was 
It's incompetent prosecution of Russians' war in Ukraine. Now, I don't call him Wagner because he's not German, and we're not talking about the German composer. And I always laugh when you see these idiot uh, people on the news who feel like they have to show off their flair for European culture by referring to a Russian as Wagner. So, anyway, Wagner died, or uh, Prigozhin died, supposedly in this airplane. Maybe not. But that's what we're being told. I'll tell you what I think. I think that Victoria Newland made a deal with Prigozhin that if they would rebel or rebel against Putin and take him down, then the the Wagner group would get huge sums of money, perhaps even in the billions, and give them the ability to do whatever they want. They'll all be rich and happy. And I believe that Prigozhin probably thought about that idea. I'm sure there was a communique because it just so happens that Newland was, I believe, in Hungary. Maybe Samantha Powers was in Hungary as well. There was something going on in Hungary where negotiations, conversations, who knows. Uh, Because, you know, Newland wants this war to continue on. And the reason they want this war is because they want to weaken Russia. They want to weaken Putin. They want to get him out of there and set up somebody that is a little bit more friendly to Europe. Who knows? But Newland's involved somehow. This plane goes down as Prigozhin is heading back to Moscow, supposedly to meet with Putin. Now, I don't know if Prigozhin and Putin have talked much. But I do know that it's possible that we had set up Prigozhin and that once he realized he'd been betrayed by the West, he was going to go tell Putin what the West was up to. And I don't think that Victoria Newland wanted him to do that. I don't think it was the Russians that took down Prigozhin. Why would Putin kill Prigozhin? Prigozhin is a key ally and a key provider of intelligence. And maybe they could have a nice little chat. Who knows? Maybe Prigozhin could have filled him in on this attempt of the CIA to buy off the Wagner group. We'll never know. And we don't really know for sure that he's in that airplane, for all we know. So much of this is, is an orchestration of information and media and when things get planted. I was surprised that the correspondent for ABC News had all this Kremlin video last night when they were telling about this story. And they're propping up Prigozhin as a hero, that he was trying to overthrow Putin. And now the new narrative is out there that Putin needs to be overthrown. It's, it's very interesting and it's very fascinating. And, and I don't think we'll ever, again, we'll never know the truth because the truth is just not something that our world governments are interested in right now. What they are interested in is obfuscation. Deadly scene playing out over Russia, a jet falling from the sky on board the leader who was behind that attempted revolt against Vladimir Putin that marched to Moscow. Now that leader is dead. Video showing the plane registered to that mercenary leader, Yevgeny Prigozhin, falling to earth from 28,000 feet. Behind it, a trail of smoke. Russian state TV reporting tonight that he was on board and he was killed in the crash. The plane plummeting, erupting into a fireball. Ten people in all on board. No one survived this. Prigozhin, once close to Vladimir Putin, leading the Wagner mercenary group. Russian forces fighting for Russia in Ukraine, but growing critical of Russia's military. Evgeny leading that attempted march on Moscow. 
get to the uh, debate last night, which I thought uh, on par was pretty good. Like I said, any of those eight people up there would do a better job than Joe Biden. By the way, speaking of Biden, uh, if you go to jimwatkins1.com, which is also my handle on Getter, real Jim Watkins one, but uh, website jimwatkins1.com, you'll see my latest article about Biden, uh, and it's dedicated to Rob Reiner. Uh, asking the question, why does anyone think that Joe Biden is doing a good job? Uh, and it really tackles some of the, the underlying issues, many of which were addressed last night at the Democratic National Convention debate, which we have the sound bites, and who I think really shined despite people attacking him. I think some of the experts were right. I think it was Vivek Ramaswamy. I think he did a very good job. He clearly... You know, he, he and DeSantis, I think, really did come out strong. Uh, th- that's my, my takeaway. But let me see what your reaction is. We'll kind of go through it from the beginning. Uh, there's a lot of material. But he- here's Mike Pence, who's actually giving an endorsement for Donald Trump. 54% of voters say the cost of groceries is a, quote, major problem for them. Right. You blamed the Biden administration spending for that increase. But as vice president, your administration spent more than any prior $7.8 trillion added to the national debt, $3.5 trillion of that before COVID. So does that mean that you're part of the spending problem? Well, first off, thanks for the question. Thanks for letting me respond to a re- reference to our re- administration's record. I'm incredibly proud of the record of the Trump-Pence administration. I mean, in four short years, we rebuilt our military. We revived our economy. We unleashed American energy. And we appointed three conservatives to the Supreme Court that gave the American people a new beginning for the right to life. Well, there you have it. Uh, That's about as close as you're going to get to what Trump would have said had he been on the stage last night. That was a ringing endorsement for Trump. Uh, and I'm glad that Mike could hyphenate his way into that. And I'm sure he had a lot to do with uh, with a lot of policies. Uh, but he gave a ringing endorsement to Trump. So without realizing it, uh, all right, here's Vivek. Uh, let's see, what's the one where he's who I am? And that's a real good. Here's uh, Vivek Ramaswamy talking about who he is. And it's pretty interesting. So first, let me just address a question that is on everybody's mind at home tonight. Who the heck is this skinny guy with a funny last name, and what the heck is he doing in the middle of this debate stage? I'll tell you, I'm not a politician, Brett. You're right about that. I'm an entrepreneur. My parents came to this country with no money 40 years ago. I have gone on to found multi-billion dollar companies. I did it while marrying my wife, Apoorva, raising our two sons, following our faith in God. That is the American dream. And I am genuinely worried that that American dream will not exist for our two sons and their generation unless we do something about it. And I do think Brett is going to take an outsider because for a long time we have professional politicians in the Republican Party who have been running from something. Now is our moment to start running to something, to our vision of what it means to be an American today. You You know, I uh, will point this out that when Trump ran, in 2016, I had said on, on the radio, I said, let's see how a non-politician businessman who knows how to run a business, let's see if they can run the country a little bit better. And I was vindicated because Trump proved that you don't have to be a politician to bring about good, productive policy. And that's exactly what his administration tried to do, despite being haggled every step of the way by his political opponents in both political parties. Uh, but when asked last night, DeSantis, 
what went wrong with our economy. He had some pretty good observations, too. So here's the thing. Why are we in this mess? Part of it and a major reason is because how this federal government handed COVID-19 by locking down this economy. It was a mistake. It should have never happened. And in Florida, we led the country out of lockdown. We kept our state free and open. And I can tell you this, as your president, I will never let the deep state bureaucrats lock you down. You don't take somebody like Fauci and coddle him. You bring Fauci in, you sit him down, and you say, Anthony, you are fired. You know, I'm glad he brought up Fauci. People haven't heard his name in a little while. We're about to do repeat, rinse and repeat, too, on COVID. Uh, and, and, and by the way, as a Florida resident, I can attest to the fact that everything that DeSantis said was true, because while I was talking to people around the country, particularly in California, where it was basically a penitentiary for almost a little over a year. The psychological prison still exists in California. Uh, and you saw the way they, they handled the floods and, and the, uh, the, the, the tropical storm last week. Californians were deeply scared. They would have done anything, and they were told to stay indoors, don't go anywhere, don't do anything. And they complied, every single one of them. And then when it was all over, it was blamed on climate change. I mean, talk about the mass psychosis formation of that. Keep people in a state of fear and then blame them for it because it's their fault. They created it. Uh, Here's Vivek. This is why I like Vivek, because every time he says something, it's like, that's what I believe. Vivek Ramaswamy talking about how to fix things. Once Joe Biden is out of office, this isn't that complicated, guys. Unlock American energy, drill, frack, burn coal, embrace nuclear. Put people back to work by no longer paying them more to stay at home. Reform the U.S. Fed, stabilize the U.S. dollar and go to war. The only war that I will declare as U.S. president will be the war on the federal administrative state. That is the source of those toxic regulations acting like a wet blanket on the economy. So I'm not sure I exactly understood Mike Pence's comment, but I'll let you all parse that out. For me, it's pretty simple. That's something a U.S. president can do with focus. And how long have we been talking about that on this program and others, that we've got to get our energy back? Uh, right now, a brick is, is trying to devalue the dollar. They're trying to push American hegemony out of the way. And the reason we're vulnerable is because we are not optimizing our energy. We are a major energy producer, which can do more to fight poverty than anything else. And our current president is completely oblivious to all of it. Here's DeSantis, his take, a little interchange between both DeSantis and Revic on uh, the climate. So let me just say to Alexander this. First of all, one of the reasons our country's decline is because of the way the corporate media treats Republicans versus Democrats. Biden was on the beach while those people were suffering. He was asked about it. He said, no comment. Are you kidding me? As somebody that's handled disasters in Florida, you got to be activated. You've got to be there. You've got to be present. You've got to be helping people who are doing this. And here's the deal. So is that a yes? Or is that a yes? Is that a hand raise? You do not. I think it was a hand raise for him, and it's um, my hands are in my pockets. No, 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 I didn't raise, I didn't raise a hand. Let us be honest as Republicans. I'm the only person on the stage who isn't bought and paid for, so I can say this. The climate change oh, agenda whoa, 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 whoa. is a oh, hoax. Is the climate change agenda is a hoax. And we have to declare independence for it. 
And the reality is, the anti-car... See, it's hard to know whether they're booing because he offended the other Republicans who believe in climate change or if they were booing him uh, because he himself called climate change a hoax. It was kind of hard to distinguish that. But he clears it up at the end, which I think is, is more insightful, that maybe not everybody in the audience is bought into climate change, which I find to be very encouraging. Here's the concluding remark. Agenda is the wet blanket on our economy. And so the reality is more people are dying of bad climate change policies than they are of actual climate change. Governor, Governor Haley, are you bought? And then here is the, uh, the point uh, where Christie follows up and takes a swipe at Vivek for not buying into climate change, uh, which is just surprising to me. I mean, please, let me just, I always have to put the disclaimer. Yes, the climate is changing all the time. And no, carbon has nothing to do with it, despite the fact that the entire premise of fighting climate change is on reducing carbon. Now, there are people who don't believe that and people that do believe that carbon is driving climate change. And those are the people that should stay as far away from Washington as possible. But here's Chris Christie taking a swipe at Ramaswamy. I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up here. And the last person in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said, what's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here was Barack Obama. And I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur standing on stage tonight. Well, actually, there was another guy that came along and said, what's a fat guy with a bunch of billions of dollars that nobody can buy me off? What am I doing up here? And that, of course, was Donald J. Trump. And he did change things for the better. Uh, uh, Low unemployment uh, among African-Americans, gas prices. I mean, remember, it wasn't that long ago where gas was under $1.75. That's about what it was when I was two years old (laughs) in America. So we've got a situation here where a lot of people are vying for this. What's what's up ahead? Where does all this lead? If Trump gets indicted this this time and has to go to jail, you know, will there be enough people to vote him in, or will we be stuck with Joe Biden if can, Biden can make it to the finish line? And I'm not still I'm not convinced of that. So uh, DeSantis likely. Uh, Vivek, probably a vice president pick, and I hope so. Whoever, it, it, I, I'll tell you who I think was watching last night. And you know, you know who it was. It was, it was Trump. He was watching, he was observing, taking notes, trying to figure out how he's going to staff all of those uh, important federal positions, those key department positions. And he was basically, they were all doing a job interview. I wonder how many of the Republicans on that stage realized that they were auditioning, just like on The Apprentice. That's all this was, ladies and gentlemen. It was an audition for The Apprentice. That's what you saw last night on the Republican National Committee debate. Don't forget our podcast on Spotify, Speaking Out America. And then don't forget our website, jimwatkins1.com. Or 9 a.m. tomorrow morning, I'll be back. Have a good day.